the Day Show. I'm your host, Sean Croxton of SeanCroxton.com. Our Super Kids series continues today with Dr. Wayne Dyer. And today, Dr. Dyer is going to encourage you to teach your children to take responsibility. When children see their parents blaming other people all the time for the circumstances of their lives, that is exactly what they're going to do, not only as children, but as adults. And he's also going to encourage you to see your children as whole and complete right now and to celebrate the present moment of your children's lives. Here's Dr. Wayne Dyer. I want my children to be self-reliant. That's the third thing I want for them. I want them to take risks, I want them to value themselves, and I want them to be self-reliant. And what does that mean, self-reliant? Relying on me. How many of you as parents are concerned about drugs in raising your children? How many of you just concerned about it? Boy, I'll get my hand up there real high, because I've got a daughter in the fifth grade going into junior high school, and I've got a daughter in college, and it's around them. My fifth grade daughter tells me that there are kids already using cocaine in the schools and that it's in the hallways and you know it's a big concern and she's heading up a program in her school called just say no so it's like this is a concern in our culture isn't it let me just talk for a few minutes about this you can't raise them to be relying on you if you are you're not doing them a favor because when it's time for them to leave the nest they won't know how to fly and you will also resent them for leaving as well So you will be creating a dependent relationship rather than fostering an independent relationship. If you ask a child who is down, who is depressed, or an adult, anyone in our culture, you ask them, why are you down? How come you're unhappy? Do you know that three out of four people will say, well, she hurt my feelings, or she made me mad, or my parents are bugging me, or the teacher flunked me, or the stock market makes me depressed, or the president makes me unhappy, or or whatever. Three out of four people in our culture will blame someone outside of themselves for why they're down. That's the kind of world we live in, external. We're moving more in an easterly direction, where three out of four people are internal and put responsibility for what they are on themselves. But in our culture, three out of four. And there are reasons for that. All you have to do is watch TV and look at the ads and so on and see that we teach people that what is really important is what labels you wear and how you smell and whether you have the right clothes and the right car and all of this kind of thing. And we don't put too much emphasis on inner direction. We put it on outer over and over again. Drink this particular wine, you'll have a great night. You'll have an aviance night if you wear this kind of perfume and all of this kind of thing. And we see this over and over and children are being raised in this kind of a cult. So three out of four will blame someone else for being down when things aren't going well in their life. And they will blame someone outside of themselves. Now, when that same person, those same three out of four people, want to get up, and they are the kind of people who blame someone else outside of them for going down, what will they look for in order to bring themselves up? Something equally outside of themselves. And that something outside of themselves is a joint, or is some cocaine, or is some booze, or is something that they will use as a reason to get them back up again. The problem in our culture is not drugs. (laughs) And getting rid of the drugs, that isn't going to change anything because there will always be something else to come along. The problem is that we have outer-directed people who blame someone outside of themselves for what's going on in their life, so they look for something outside of themselves to get themselves up. If you raise your children to be inner-directed, to take responsibility for who they are, all the time in their lives. In other words, when they come home to you and say, well, my teacher doesn't like me, your response can be, do you like you? How do you feel about yourself? 
constantly putting the focus on who they are rather than on what other people are doing to them. Then when the drugs come along, they won't need something to get high outside of themselves. When we're doing counseling with drug abusers, we are always focusing on helping them to become interdirected people and forgetting about the drugs. That's just irrelevant. That's just one symptom of this whole inner, outer conflict that you see people in all the time. Learning to be self-reliant means constantly having parental interjections which put the responsibility for what you are on yourself rather than on something or someone outside of yourself. I want my children to be free from guilt, anxiety, stress, don't you? Do you want to raise stressful kids? Have you been looking at crazy things in the news lately? Suicide packs? The suicide rate among children ages 8 to 12 it's gone up 400% in one decade. 400%. What's going on? Children in therapy has gone up 700%. How come? Children having, quote, nervous breakdowns. Children with depression. Kids on tranquilizers. Type A toddlers. Type A toddlers. You know what type A is? Type A behavior. It's like you have to always get ahead. You have to do things faster. My daughter came home from school in the second grade and said to me, I've got to get all A's. I said, why? <laughs> For what? She said, well, the teacher told us if we didn't get all A's, we wouldn't get into college. I said, you're seven years old. <laughs> college is a little ways away yet. <laughs> I mean, what is that for? Do you have to teach your children to read at one or in the womb? <laughs> you know, <laughs> holding up cue cards to them in the womb with like a sonogram, you know? Can you read this one yet? <laughs> in the New York Times, they had a story about children 18 months old. Now, I got a daughter that age. I got a daughter every age, all right? <laughs> She's in diapers. They're giving them entrance exams to get into nursery school so they can get into the right preschool so they can get into the right grade school and so they can get into the right college. 18 months old, still saying wee-wee, caca, poo-poo, <laughs> and doing that in their diapers. <laughs> and they're going off to take tests. I mean, what kind of a test do you give an 18-month-old? The stress. I mean, who wants children filled with stress? What's wrong with just going out into the world and being two <laughs> and three and enjoying it? Celebrate the present moments of your children's lives. Get rid of this notion that they're apprentice people, that they're on their way to becoming a person. A woman called me in Boston on a talk show and she said, if there's one thing, and you ever talk to parents or write about parenting, if there's one thing, she had lost her daughter to leukemia at four. She said, teach them to value every moment they have. See them as whole, see them as complete, now, celebrate their three-year-oldness. Love that. Play in that. Enjoy that. Let the rest of that work itself out. It will. It will. They're all on the path. We're all on this path together. They don't have to get ahead of the other guy in order to be happy. And all they'll get, even if they do get ahead of the other guy, is an ulcer as a reward. If they spend their whole life in this race, this rat race, trying to beat everybody else down. I mean, the purpose of life is to enjoy it and to help other people to do the same. And if you learn how to do that, you're not going to be selfish. You're going to never be a burden to anybody else in your life. Imagine being a person who always knows how to enjoy life. No matter what comes down the pike, imagine that. <laughs> what a great notion, isn't it? 
You can never be a burden to anybody else. That's the least selfish thing you can do in life. The most selfish thing you can do is constantly be somebody else's burden. I did this for you. You have to do this for me. I invited you to my house. You haven't invited back. I sent out 343 Christmas cards last year. I only got 341 back. I'm going to find out who these people are that don't send me things back. I'm and you go through like counting. Remember the little prince? Remember the little prince? If you haven't read it, read it to your children. Read it out loud to them, even if they're 37. Read it out loud to them, all right? They need to hear that message, that parable, that wonderful parable of the prince who would meet people who were counting stars instead of enjoying them. His whole life was, I gotta, I gotta find out how many there are. 3,468, 3,469. They spend their whole life just counting. They say in the East, there's quite a difference. In the East, they contemplate the forest. And in the West, we count the trees. <laughs> and there's a different philosophical approach to it. Melting that, merging that, bringing those notions together to raise children who are free from stress, who are free from anxiety, who understand the beauty of every moment rather than counting it and categorizing it and getting a label put on it. The great Danish theologian Soren Kierkegaard said, once you label me, you negate me. I now must be this label. I'm an overachiever. I'm an all-A student. I'm whatever you want to put this label on. Instead of raising your children to be everything and anything that they choose, what we do is try to slot them and get them into this school and get them ahead and focus on their grades. And I can remember being a young boy going out and playing baseball in the field. And we would take a bat and we'd throw it to the other guy and they would grab the bat and they would do this. Remember this and this? And what's this called? Anybody know? Eagle claws, remember? No eagle claws, eagle claws. I called eagle claws, no eagle claws. A fight, the first fight is already on who got eagle claws and who didn't, all right? We fought on everything. We argued on everything. But everybody who showed up played. And we didn't keep standings. And we didn't have any umpires there because we argued it out on every single one of them. <laughs> and the one who didn't have very much talent went out in right field. Or when it was football season, blocked out. Or when it was hockey season, they were the goalie. <laughs> if they were real bad, they were the goal, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Open your mouth, <laughs> you know? But everybody played. We knew enough for that. And everybody enjoyed what they were doing. And when they went home, we went the next day to the same field and we chose up sides all over again and we started over again. Now what do we do with little league things? We put uniforms on everybody. We keep standings. The kid that doesn't have talent sits on the bench until the game has already been decided. They're either way ahead or way behind. Then they get them in. Sparky Anderson, the manager of the Detroit Tigers, told me, I wouldn't put any child in organized athletics under the age of 15. Standings, yelling at the kids, somebody else deciding who's safe and who's out, somebody else deciding who's onside and who's offside, screaming and hollering. All of, what is this for? I mean, what are we out there playing baseball or football for? To get ahead? To beat this guy? No, to enjoy, to learn how to enjoy life. All right, that was Dr. Wayne Dyer. His website is waynedyer.com. Today's clip came from Dr. Dyer's audio program called What Do You Really Want for Your Children? That's available at audible.com as well as nightingale.com. He has a book by the same name, What Do You Really Want for Your Children? I highly recommend it. You can find that at Amazon as well. That is it for me. Please leave a rating or review for the show if you have a chance. I really appreciate it. I'm going to see you tomorrow with Dean Graziosi. I'm out. Peace.